Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome into Players Only with Chiefs Radio Network color analyst Danon Hughes. Excellent throw and catch, just gets inside, uses his big body. No answer for number 87. And former NFL linebacker Joe Mays. Mays missed him first. And in typical North Dakota State toughness, Mays got up and stayed with it and got Newton from behind. Players Only, presented by U.S. Bank. Whatever your passion, U.S. Bank can help turn it into your next pursuit. Hello, Chiefs Kingdom. Everyone out in the Chiefs world. It's not even a kingdom anymore. It's like Chiefs world. Yeah. Is it top of the food chain right now? Is it Chiefs world or Mahomes world? Either either or. It's both. It's both. It's Chiefs world. We're on top of the food chain, and we are here with players only. We got Joe Mays in the building. What's happening? Eight-year NFL vet. Sean Barber. Yeah, I can't. Linebacker, two linebackers. I got a bone to pick. I got a bone to pick. Uh-oh. Dang, that quick? Can nah, I get to waiting. the intros? Finish the intro. All right. And I'm Danon Hughes, and we got players <laughs> only again. Sean's moving around here like he got a bad back or something over there. Or he dancing, or I don't know what Boy, he's he doing. he got to use the bathroom. I got to go to the bathroom. He got to go potty. I got a knife in my back. Knife in my back. Uh-oh. Knife in his back. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We're so going to get deep in here then. We need to hear what this bone yeah, is we about. we got to hear about this. Well, all right, we're here with players. It's players only here again, and I am Danon Hughes. And uh, for first-time listeners, we are a roundtable format with just players, former players in the NFL. We all played for the Chiefs at one time in our career. We're still here in Kansas City, and we're just going to chop it up just like if we were in the locker room. You hear a different perspective straight from the horse's mouth from guys that have been on the field and in the locker room. And uh, this Chiefs team coming off in this first quarter of the show. Chiefs team coming off a huge win against Joe Mays' Broncos. They're <laughs> <laughs> not my Broncos. I mean, I just so happened to play there. He got, you got checks from them. I got checks from them. Yep. Yeah, they brought yeah. me in. They gave me, they gave me a huge opportunity. That was the first team I actually had a chance to start with. Ah, nice. So, um, you know, they gave me a start. And they, they, they allowed me to go out there and play and start Did you beat and play the Chiefs? defense. Yeah, I did. Yeah, you yeah. Did? I think I might have beat them maybe once. I mean, or we twice. won the last ten times, so I oh. just wondered if you was part of that. It's been a long time since I've been a part of that that oh, Broncos okay. team. I mean, right. and, and yeah, I used to love playing here in Arrow Stadium when I was with the Broncos. Loved it. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I never played here as an opponent, so I don't know how that feels. I mean, I, I received death threats from the from the fans. See, I know y'all didn't mean it. I know y'all. <laughs> <laughs> now that I now that I've had a chance to be in Kansas City for a little bit of now time, I know woo-sawed. that you I woosah. I know y'all didn't mean it. I mean, y'all scared my wife, but I, I and 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 I but I knew y'all didn't mean it though. Y'all were just it was all about they y'all taking care of y'all guys. Bit. Yeah. All right, we got the phone lines open and a text line 913-576-7610. That's 913-576 Seven six ten. But before we tackle this Broncos Chiefs recap, I guess I got to open the door up for Sean Barber. You set the table, teased through my open. 
So you might as well unload. Go ahead, man. You've been stabbed in the back. Stabbed in the back. I, you know what? It's a morning show that comes on this station. Bob Fesco in the morning. Mm-hmm. Him and a couple guys. They got the key key in and chee chee in and all this about, uh, you know, making some comments about me making picks. You know, we do the Survivor League thing. You know, I'm, I have no X's against my name. So I guess some guys on that morning show took it personal. And so they was like, well, you know, Barber, he sometimes uh, tweets out who he thinks going to lose. And so far, he's been wrong. He's been so wrong, so wrong to the point where I hope he picks my team as a losing <laughs> team because that means I'm going to win. Reverse. And they, they, they tried to use a little reverse psychology. But then, then Fesco had the nerve to say, well, you know what? He got a lot of kids. Maybe he's spending too much time getting his kids ready in the morning. Oh, yeah. dang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Went to my family. Yeah, man. Oh. And then he got somebody to co-sign was like, yeah, well, he got 17 kids. He like the Philip Rivers. They called me and said, he like the Philip Rivers of Kansas City. <laughs> and I said, yo. Oh, man. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. They went in on me like that? Philip Rivers. Yeah. I remember. Was I on that? Was that Wednesday? Man, this was, was this yesterday. Morning. No, this was this, oh, this morning. Okay, I this, this morning. This morning. Nine oh seven. Not dang. Nine oh seven Central Standard Time. Because I went back and listened to it again. Yeah. <laughs> just to make sure I exactly heard exactly who said what. Oh man. Because it's we got deep a thing. Then, huh? We got a thing here called Street Justice. Yeah. Uh-oh. And we learned about Street Justice. My man Bink talked about it last night on the radio. <laughs> There's a thing called Street Justice. You take care of yours. Yeah. You take care of your family. Take care of your chicken. Take care of your money. <laughs> and he was upset that the cowboy. In the Redskins, when, when the Redskins knocked off Dalton's helmet, he thought somebody, somebody from the Cowboys should have went at Bostic. Of course, went I right agree. to him. I yeah. agree. And he said that was something that's called street justice. And so that's what I feel like at this point in time in this booth. Man, when I see them cats, they best to be ready. Oh, <laughs> either one of them. You ain't gonna miss. Uh-oh. Either one of them. You gonna drop the hammer on them? I'm going to aim small, I'm going to miss small. I'm going to aim small, miss small. I might slap the taste out of both of their mouth at the same time. <laughs> a pitiful. A pitiful who sh- uh, shot. Street I, justice. I, and I know y'all can hear him, but y'all really, y'all just have to see his face. It's a, it's a lot of fire uh, this, and desire there. Because yeah, he, he is, he is really all about his business right now. Yeah, you got Tina Marie, fire and desire coming yeah. out. There you go. Oh, all right, I'm glad you got that off your shoulders. I got you got that off your chest. You all tight. Yeah, I'm you're ready. shaking it out now, and yep. you're going woosah during the commercial break. But before we get to that commercial break, we got to talk about this Chiefs win. You know what? I mean, I said it last week when y'all asked about the well when we talked about the keys of victory. I said it, you basically have to treat the Broncos as a little brother. Mm-hmm. You you going to put your foot on their neck, you know, and and dare them and go tell mom or dare them to try to get up and and, and do anything to try to fight against you. And then you continue to put the put the fo- uh, foot down. So yeah, it was it was a game that I, it went exactly how I thought it was going to go. I mean, it, it, there was no way that it was going to go any way different because you're going up against a Broncos team that's not really and not really all that talented. They don't really have the guys on the team that they normally that they're used to having. Um, and then they've all I don't know what I don't know what the problem is, but it seems that they don't have the offensive. They don't have a, a good offensive line. Yeah, and they've been struggling with that for years. I'm not sure why why they haven't really went out there and gotten guys that can help protect the quarterback, help o- open up rushing lanes. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it it went exactly how I thought it was going to go. Joe, it's, it's it's very simple. The Denver Broncos offensive line is delusional <laughs> because after the game, Garrett Bowles had yep. the nerve to get on and say, hey, "Man, it, it's it's only a little bit of difference between these two teams. We are Ooh. we are our defense and their defense are almost kind of like the same." We, you know, team, yeah, the score might not show it, but these two teams are a lot closer than y'all think. 
man, I don't know what game he was part of. And like I said, he might be just strictly because he owns some meds, so he might be strictly <laughs> delusional. But there, there was no at no point at no point. The only time they had even a a, a wink of glimmer was when uh, a, a backup tight end fumbled the ball, and they had the ball in a scoring position. They went down and. Oh man! Oh, Drew Locke went through and did his little shake him up dance and orange justice in the end zone and slapped the ball down and did all this thing. He didn't realize he had three more quarters to play. Three more yep. quarters. And did not sniff. Did not sniff no mm-hmm. more points. Turnover, turnover. Special team touchdown. Pick six. And wh- where was that orange justice then? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I got a question for y'all though. When you have guys that go out there and talk to the media, and 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 a lot of the times it be those guys that's kind of on that fringe because yeah. I'll tell you one thing. Broncos Nation, they've been trying to get rid of Gary Bowles ever since they drafted him. Oh, yeah. Last year, he's he one was of those the worst guys. offensive line. He had most, just about the most holding penalties oh, yeah. in, in the league. Now, he's cleaned it up a little bit this year, but he definitely doesn't isn't a person that I would say has the credibility to talk about how close they are to the defending Super Bowl champs. And then we just had someone text from the 913 said his Wonderlit score was an 8. I'm not sure if that's truth, but we need to fact check that because <laughs> – if it's an eight, it, they say that he can barely write his name. He's but a I sandwich one, short of a picnic. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and, and, and <laughs> the thing is, I don't understand how you can be – if anybody going to talk to the media and say anything like that, it has to be someone that that's – how can I put this? Doing something. Doing something. <laughs> that's doing something yeah, on the field. Yeah, yeah I mean, and for I him to be the guy to go out there and say, mm-hmm. uh, that's, you take that, you definitely take that with a grain of salt. He reminds me of when he makes that kind of comment about how close he is, it's like when – when your kids pick up a map, like a real live paper map, and they say, oh, we we must be real close to, you know, Wyoming <laughs> because on this map it looks real close. And then yeah. you have to explain to them it's thousands of miles away. Yep. It ain't that close. That's that's pretty much where he's been. So you're right, Barbershop. He must have been on some meds or just feeling himself, trying to instill some confidence that wasn't really there. I mean, it might, wasn't genuine. He might have looked at the AFC West standings and was like, well, they in first, we in fourth. Like, way too far away. It ain't but three places <laughs> between us, so. I mean, that's pretty good. It's 32 teams in the league. It ain't but two teams between us. That's pretty close. Yeah, that's, amazing. That's amazing. amazing. <laughs> yeah. I would say, yeah, the, the Chiefs did an outstanding job. It was a very complete game, probably the most complete game of the season, uh, especially when you get points on the board, not field position, mm. not just the spark, but you get points on the board from all three phases of the game. Absolutely. And so you can't knock an effort like that. And if a team blows you out, scoring over 40 points with basically the MVP of the league only throwing for 200 yards, that should tell you something about how potent the team is. Not yeah. We've been around where the offense has been really good and the defense hasn't, and we've been around this, this organization when the defense has been really good and the offense hasn't. And special teams always has been kind of consistent yep. for the most part, and all three phases came together when it was one degree – with the wind chill factor, snow on the ground, on the road, and they get it done in that fashion against a divisional opponent. So it was impressive all around. And, you know, if you look at the stats of that game, if you didn't watch the game at all and you want to know how impressive a team win is, you look at the stats without watching the game, 0 for 8 in third down conversions, gave up 411 yards, but all of those factors were easily dismissed, which is hard to say in the NFL mm-hmm. that you can dismiss 411 yards 
But when you're when you're standing in one degrees and you don't have the ball on your side because of a pick six and a kickoff return and the defense is on the field much longer because they're actually doing their job, uh, that's telling in itself. And it, it and it makes – so for all the fans out there and, and the, the uh, text line is open, the phone line is open, all the fans out there that always get caught up in stats, mm-hmm. this was a game that was the epitome of – Throwing stats away because yep. they did not tell the tale of a dominating game by the Chiefs. No, no, not at all. I mean, gave up a lot of gave gave up a lot of yards, but I think the the scoring on three on all three phases of the game that's amazing. And plus, actually, I so breaking news: <laughs> Gary Bowles' Wanderlick score was nine. Oh, he was off by one. I know. I had to go back to that. I know. <laughs> I know the people was out there wondering what what his score really was. It was a nine. We just fact checked it. Uh, yeah, so. <laughs> That that just tells me that he have no clue what he's talking about. Yep, he have no clue what's going on. But anyway, yeah, this this Chiefs season, Chiefs team is amazing. I mean, you know, they, they're super potent, like you said, on all three phases of the, of the game, and they can beat you any which way. Um, you know, without giving up too many uh, points. You know, um, I think I think that it just it's, it's great to see them come out and 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 basically establish themselves each and every game, whether it's on offense or defense or both. And then also sprinkling that special teams in there. Well, I'm a big fantasy head, so I, I'm going to try to give y'all some advice now. If you got Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs on offense, as far as your fan, you you, you bought them high, you drafted them because they was part of this explosive offense. Is going to need to be scoring every. I'm sorry, that, that, this this <laughs> is not sorry. the this, this is, is championship the football being played. Yep. Yep. You, you do what you got to do. You maintain the ball. You run it. You possess it. You score when you need to. You let the defense play. Um, hold the other team under 17. You score 20. And, and you get out there with a win. You're trying to accumulate wins by any means necessary by scoring each possession. And, and the, the necessity for Pat Mahomes to score 50 touchdowns a season, 5,000 yards, he's already showcased he has the ability to do that. But now he's he's transcending above uh, above just personal statistics, and now he's realizing how to win, how to win in the NFL consistently, long term against multiple types of defense, multiple types of um, coordinators trying to stop him. It, it takes first down, first down, and then score a touchdown. Yep. you got to possess the ball, hold on to it. You control the factors. You control the the uh, you know how, how the, the rules of engagement. Yep. yep. And the Chiefs have done a great job. Almost every game of the season, except for that Raiders game, they've done a great job of doing that. And I think the Raiders game is is just you know I go back to that Raiders game because they did circle the stadium, uh, and we ain't gonna forget that. Nope. It's November twenty second. I got that circled. I know that date. <laughs> I can't <laughs> wait for that date. Yep. In Vegas, we're gonna go out to the old spaceship out in Vegas. We're gonna take care of business. I know that. But until then. We got, the, we got the Jets. Uh, Joe Douglas is the general manager. He's old Richmond Spider. He's coming to town. He's going to bring uh, Coach Gaze, who got got some issues. But <laughs> but Greg Williams. Greg yep. Williams can play. He can call some defense. Oh, so. yeah. And we're going to talk about the Jets matchup and the preview to that game later. Uh, definitely a game the Chiefs should win. And we got the text line open from the 816. Lifelong Chiefs fan. Love this show. Look forward to it every week. I'm 57 and have seen all of you play. We appreciate it, appreciate the support, but we're about to wrap this quarter up. For the second quarter, we got a little gem. Uh, Finally, another offensive guy that's going to call in and talk to us. Oh, my God. Former Kansas City Chief Kevin Lockett has a, a special little twist going on with his life that I think has been interesting for many fantasy owners and definitely many NFL fans. We're going to talk about that next. 
And we're back. Players only in the house. We got Sean Barber, Joe Mays, and I am Danon Hughes. We got the text line open, 913-576-7610. From the 620, wait, did the Raiders circle Arrowhead? Yes, they did. They circled Arrowhead before they got to the airport uh, as a victory lap around a the stadium they hadn't won in in so long. I'm surprised they knew how to get all the way around the stadium. They probably just couldn't figure out how to get out. <laughs> but they did take a victory lap, and it will be remembered. So, as I mentioned in the first quarter, the second quarter sponsored by our friends at U.S. Bank. Whatever your passion, U.S. Bank can help turn it into your next pursuit. We got a, a special guest. Uh, because he played on the offense and he was in the meeting room with me, he's even extra special. Because, uh, quite honestly, I'm tired of these linebackers in here. Julio, we got to get these kind of guests on each and every week. But on the phone line, calling in, because he's got to head to his son's football game out here in Kansas, we got longtime veteran, current Kansas City Chief Ambassador, former wide receiver, K-State star, Kevin Lockett. What's going on, Lock? What's going on, fellas? Uh, nothing, man. How you doing? How's everything going? Man, everything is always good with me. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Hey, Locke, I appreciate you saving me from these defensive brains in here, at least giving me a little bit of break this one week. But, Locke, I wanted to get you on the line because you have a very unique uh, platform because you have a son that's in the NFL. And for the, the fans out there that may have been living behind a rock for a mm-hmm. long time, Tyler Lockett, the great the great wide receiver for the Seahawks, is Kevin Lockett's son. And uh, so, Lock, you have an established career. Get right into it. You have an established career, great college career, and you have a son. Uh, and I, 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 what made me think of this was I was watching Ken Griffey Jr., a special on him. You know I'm a baseball guy anyway. Watching a special on him, and he was talking about his dad, who Ken Griffey Sr., they also played together. Yep. And I just thought of the dynamic of we all been blessed. We all have family. We all have uh, likely kids that have some athletic ability or maybe pursue athletics or look like they might for their future. But you are in a, a different stratosphere where you have a son that's actually a superstar at the NFL level. Last week he caught 15 balls for 200 yards. I think it was like 15 out of 17 targets for 200 yards and three touchdowns. And he tied for first in the NFL this year in seven touchdown receptions. So talk about the dynamic of having a son reaching the level that you reached and is doing it in such a fine fashion. Well, I mean, you know, I, I, I had the same plan as the Griffies. My plan was to uh, to be playing with Tyler as well. Uh, but uh, but the league found my skill set to no longer be needed a little bit earlier than I expected. So, uh, you know, so I got cast off to the side, and I became a fan like everybody else. And, uh, you know, like every father that's out there, um, you know, my job was just to try to impart as much, as much wisdom and knowledge and things that I learned um, into the next generation, right? And what, what, what better place to start than, than with your own son? And so, you know, he had a passion for football. Um, he grew up around it. And, uh, and so we began to just really work on his skill set. You know, he was a talented young man. Uh, and I think just, just continuing to work helped him to have the opportunity to, to play at Kansas State. And then, you know, from that point on, as we all know, 
uh, once you get into college, it's just about being in the right place at the right time, having the right opportunity uh, to be one of the select few, one of the 1% that have a chance to make it to the NFL. And so, you know, of course, he had aspirations to make it to that level. Uh, but really the goal was let's get to college, let's get a free education, um, and let's get a head start on life. And so uh, he was very blessed to to still play under Bill Snyder, which, Damon, I know you got a chance to play uh, yep. under him as, as the OC at Iowa. And uh, I got a chance to play under Bill. My brother got a chance to play under Bill. So going to Kansas State was an easy decision for him. Uh, but he got a chance to really uh, sort of sort of highlight his skill set. And um, he was blessed to be drafted. And, again, we all know the NFL, again, is about even more than college, landing in the right, the right situation. And uh, he landed in Seattle in a locker room where um, it was a heavy veteran locker room. Uh, Tyler is a, is a very, very strong man of faith. Uh, and so it was a locker room where uh, that was very, they were very accepting of that. And so that was a good thing because it allowed him at a young age to go into an environment that uh, was not sort of normal, right? NFL locker rooms are normal, uh, but to be himself. And I think because he could be himself, he had immediate success. And uh, so he's just landed in the right place. He's been blessed his entire life. And I think the great thing is that he he recognizes that uh, and he's very grateful for that. And so, um, you know, watching him uh, on on Sunday night this past week uh, was just phenomenal. It was uh, was fun to watch. And, uh, you know, to talk to him after the game, I think, was even more exciting. Yeah, Locke, you brought up uh, Tyler's book. It's called Reflection. It's out for sale, I believe, on Amazon and definitely on the Internet. And my, uh, we actually bought a, a copy of that several months ago. An outstanding book, an outstanding young man. Locke, from your perspective of being uh, an established football player and now a football dad, do you feel like you have had more angst or anxiety when he was younger in high school and college or now watching the games uh, at, with him at the pro level? You know, I'd probably say it was more in college um, simply because I knew that he was walking into a situation, uh, whether you consider it to be fair or unfair, uh, where the expectations of him were going to be massive. Uh, he was going to a university where uh, I had had some success, my brother had had some success, and so everybody – uh, had sort of expected him to start from day one uh, to 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 be able to produce the same way that that we had throughout our entire career, and so um, I knew that that was going to be a little bit difficult uh, and a challenge, and so that's probably where I had the most angst. I think it wasn't until maybe about five or six games in his true freshman year uh, when he had some some really good success, and and that's when I think it started to ease a little bit, but. Uh, but clearly it was more on, on the college level. I think, you know, I just am, am trying to enjoy uh, the, the NFL level, just sit back as a dad and watch and just really enjoy uh, the NFL. And so I always counsel him on, hey, man, look, you never know when it's going to be gone. So live it each day, love it, and, uh, and just enjoy it because when it's over, it's over. Uh, and I think the fact that I've, I've walked in those shoes before him gives him the understanding and the knowledge to know that uh, I'm not just talking. Uh, he knows that I've I've lived that part as well. Words from a wise man. I like it. Hey, I got a question for you, Kev. What? Tell us yep. something about Danny that we don't know. <laughs> like, because you know, Danny, he, you know, this he be around be here. About Kevin he be Tyler, around man. here, just talking as if you know, he the best thing since sliced bread. And me and you both know he ain't. 
All right, but tell us something. But tell us something about Dana. Remember that we your don't allegiance know. to the offensive side. Nah, this is not say. about offense or defense. This is about this is about a man and, and 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 his opinion on another man or what he's seen that the world may not know about. Since it's so, his players only, so, right? Yeah. So, I, so I do have to be honest. I, my, me and Dana. Uh, one unique thing about a locker room is, um, especially an NFL locker room, there's only 53 guys in there, right? And um, a lot of the, while it's supposed to be a team environment, every one of us knows when someone new comes in that's in the same position you are, there is a sense of a team environment, but there's also this very competitive environment because at the end of the day, this guy is, is, is here to try to take my job, right? And, and so it's not like college where it's, man, I just moved down to depth chart. We're talking about our livelihood now. We're talking about, you know, you know, the money that we can make and putting food on the table and so forth. And so, um, you know, you don't always walk into a locker room and get accepted, if you will. Uh, one of the things I will say that I was, I was excited about is when I got to Kansas City, it was a veteran locker room, but that entire receiving core uh, welcome me in, and so and so. Dana and I, uh, our lockers weren't far apart. Dana and I got got very close very quickly, um, and I can remember us just having very candid conversations about just general life stuff. I remember Dana and I talking about you know budget and finance very early on in our careers, um, and what a lot of people may not know uh, is Dana was actually very instrumental uh, in me coming to the Lord. Dana knows that, uh, but just watching Dana as as a man of faith in that locker room, I think was one of the examples for me uh, that as I was sort of trying to find my way uh, over time, a few years into that locker room, he really was one of the guys along with a couple others, uh, you know, uh, Chester McLaughlin and Tony Richardson and a couple others that it really helped lead me to what I still consider to be the best decision ever made in my life. So, man, I have the utmost respect and admiration for Dana. Uh, but but even so, even as much as I love him, that still don't stop me from taking him out on the golf course. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, you had to slip that in there, man. Hey, you had him you sweating were going for a really second. good. You were you was really on a good take until that. I was watching him the whole time. He was sweating. He wasn't sure what you was going to say. <laughs> and then he Lock. went from sweating to straight face to a smile, and I think he had a tear that came down too. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, hey, Lock, we know you got to go. You got to head to your son Sterling's game. He's playing for Blue Valley, one of the Blue Valley yeah. schools. Yeah, so he's playing for Blue Valley. He's a junior. Uh, they got the first playoff game tonight. And, and you, you know, you talk about anxiousness, like you said before. Uh, I have a little bit, but not as much because he played well last year. But but he's already been offered for, by Kansas State. So, nice. so that anxiety – kicked right back in again, uh-huh. right? Because now, <laughs> man, if, he, if that's the decision that he makes, man, I'm going to be sitting out in those stands hoping that uh, he can have some early success because his his expectations will be even greater after Tyler came through. Yep. Well, awesome, man. You've definitely been blessed. You and Cheryl, a great family. Good luck to Sterling today. And also, he's got some twins. Sterling and the twins can really play some baseball. I'd like to see them on the baseball field, but again, I don't have any power in that family. <laughs> but again, Locke, good luck tonight. We appreciate you, man. I just wanted your perspective from a guy that has so much success from a son and from other families, from other family members to come, man. You've definitely been blessed, and I think the fans would lo- love to hear about it. Thanks Absolutely. a lot, man. I appreciate you guys. All right, we players only. We got Reggie. Please hold on. He's on the, on the line. We got a lot of texts coming in, 913-576-7610. We are going to continue on the route of 
the personal side of being professional athletes with Barbershop, Joe Mays, and myself. And we're going to do that when we come back after halftime. This is Players Only with Damon Hughes and Joe Mays on 610 Sports Radio. All right, we're back after halftime. It's Players Only, Sean Barber, Joe Mays, and I am Danon Hughes. We're in the house. Our friends at U.S. Bank, whatever your passion, U.S. Bank can help turn it into your next pursuit. Guys, we got a chance to hear from Kevin Lockett about his great relationship with Tyler Lockett and Mm -hmm. just that dynamic of having a son fulfilling his dreams. You guys have some younger uh, sons and, and, and kids, and I have older kids. My youngest is 19, so I've had uh, four of my five kids into adulthood and achieve their dreams, going to college, playing sports, now uh, going to med school and getting a master's and all that stuff. And even though we didn't get a chance to ask Lockett specifically, mm-hmm. we could tell by his answer that there's no bigger height of satisfaction of uh, excitement that beyond going to the Super Bowl, playing in the Super Bowl, being a pro bowler, having a great career, than watching your kids be successful. So, yeah, that was real cool, and we appreciate Locke taking out his time before he head into his son Sterling's football game. And uh, But on that note, and uh, before we get to the next topic regarding our transition from the game and maybe some of the mindset, some of the things that are – go on within our brains and in our world that are off the field uh, normally. We're going to go to Reggie from Anaheim. Reggie, what's going on? Reggie, you there? Hold on. Can y'all hear me? Yeah, we got you. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, my bad. Yo, uh, so I just want to make two quick comments. Um, I've I've gotten so accustomed to just beating the brakes off of everybody in AFC West. <laughs> like, after the game, I really don't even break down the game as much as I used to, like when Pat first got here, because I'm just so used to just smacking them around. But after that, after the, we lost to the Raiders, right, and they went and took that little victory lap around the uh, the stadium, like, I, I, I like I, I never considered the Raiders, like, a rivalry with us. It's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we'll beat them 50 times and they'll beat us one, and then they'll act like they've beaten us the equal amount of times. And it's like we beat them 10 times in a row, and then they took a victory lap. And I felt so kind of away about that. I was like, hold on, this, this is what we're doing? I, I kind of felt like Jay-Z in that Blueprint album. We held y'all down for 10 summers. Where's the love? You know what I'm saying? Yep. So I wonder if y'all could talk about, you know, what y'all, what, what, if, if that will make it into the locker room with Andy, you know what I'm saying, if he'll bring that up maybe, and just as a player, how y'all feel about these chumps taking victory laps around Arrowhead. Well, I, you know what? It's eventually it's going to make it throughout the entire locker room, including to the including the coaches. You know, the, the thing about Andy, Andy doesn't really care about any of that. I mean, you know, he he hear it, he'll see it, but he don't necessarily let that bother him. He don't let that affect um, how he go about his day. Now, when it comes to the players, the players they see that, they hear about that, and they they keep tabs. So you know, the next time they play them, they're going to remember them taking that lap. So now, instead of them taking a lap around the stadium because they're celebrating the win. They they're gonna send them straight to the locker room, not even shake hands. They're gonna be holding their face, their hands in their faces. Like it's, it, they're gonna try to embarrass them, and it's little things like that that really get the guys going. I mean, of course, it's a rivalry game because it, you know they both AFC West teams. But at the end of the day, uh, for them to do something like that, you just add more fuel to the fire. So I expect the Chiefs to come out and play so much better the the, the next game, next time they play, and uh, you know they might even take a 
Do you take a victory? No, I don't think you're going to take a victory lap. I mean, you could and you should. You'll be the first team in Vegas to do so, but um, I doubt they do it. They'd much rather just go in and just smack them around a little bit. What you think, Barbershop? I mean, after winning as much as we have in the AFC West, um, it's almost embarrassing to think other teams would think one win signifies anything worth taking any kind of lack, any kind of – Anything from, I mean, it was, you know, what the Chiefs played, not their A game. The Raiders came. Um, the Raiders were preparing for a bye week, and we always know going into a, the, the week before a bye week, players, it's that's that extra carrot on the bone. The coach lays it out there. Hey, guys, if you show me four quarters of high effort, you show me four quarters of execution, you can earn the week a bye week off. If you don't, we're going to practice uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then I'll give you a day, maybe two off. But if you want to earn this extra time off, you show me on the field. So that's always an added carrot, um, and we always know um, that there are the ups and downs with the, with, with the NFL year, I mean NFL season and how you play game by game. The Chiefs were still up 21-10, to 10, I think, in that ball game early in the game, um, and they just didn't put the Raiders away when they had a chance. And they got beat over the top two or three times. Um, defense playing loose man instead of the normal – uh, um, you know, rerouting the receivers. It was They were trying some different techniques. So, yes, the Raiders won the game. Great job. You know, take your hats off to them. But over the, the course of the next few seasons, um, I, 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 it, it would surprise me if the Raiders win one, more than one more game against the Chiefs break in the next uh, six seasons. Well, thanks a lot, man. We appreciate the call from the text line, 913-KC. Be up for the Raiders this time for sure they oh, will. absolutely. Definitely target on the on the calendar and on the schedule. Also from the 913, love hearing from Reggie. We need a weekly spot for him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. All right. And 913, giving love to Barbershop at Barbershop. How can I get your autograph? Do I need to make a donation to your charity? Also, D and Mays can answer. Barbershop. Donations are always welcome to charities. It's not necessary, but they're always welcome, and I think we're all associated with some sort of charity, so that'd be cool, right, Barbershop? Hey, man, if you want to make a donation to me, I mean... <laughs> I, was th- I was thinking my pockets, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, no, hey, if y- as y'all know about that Survivor Series, it's uh, it's sponsored by a company called Own KC, Reppin' KC, Donate, uh, you know, get yourself some good gear. So do that. Go go to ownkc.com, pick out a nice shirt. It might cost you $30, $40, but... All the proceeds go to charity, and uh, uh, Matt McGinnis and McGinnis Group. Uh, he only he only takes the the price of the actual T-shirt, which is usually five or six dollars, and the rest of the money goes directly to charity. It's probably one of the only one hundred percent net profit going to charity companies you'll find here in KC. So support that, and then I'll find you and get you uh, get you a couple autographs. Yeah, Barbershop will find you for sure. Oh yeah. All right, guys, we got to end the, this third quarter. We're going to come back in the fourth quarter talk about this Jets-Chiefs preview. Uh, there's definitely more to it than maybe people might think because of the Jets being 0-7, but we'll chat it up next. This is Players Only with Damon Hughes and Joe Mays on 610 Sports Radio. Fourth quarter here, Players Only. I'm Damon Hughes. We got Sean Barber and Joe Mays in the house. Got some callers lined up as well as some great text, but we're going to go right to BB in Kansas City talking about the Raiders' victory lap. BB, you there? Oh, it's Ed. Yeah, I'm here. What's what's going on, man? What you got for us? You know, you know, the Raiders did their victory lap, and we got a Kansas City flag buried under their new stadium. <laughs> mm. well, I did remember that. Yeah, yeah. When they 
clobber them here coming up. Got to cut their flag down and raise the Chiefs flag above <laughs> their stadium. You know, paybacks are hell, but you know they they started it. We'll finish it for them. Appreciate you, man. Definitely appreciate the call. Appreciate the support. I will say this: the fact that fans are talking about the Raiders victory lap and we don't have to play them until November 22nd, almost a full month from when we have to play them tells you how much is going to be stirred up by the time that game comes around. And it's after a bye week on Sunday night in Vegas, Sunday night football primetime. Yeah, that's, that's going to be a special game for the chiefs kingdom. I mean, and of course, you know the Raiders. They knew that this was going to get under people's skin. Yep. John I Gruden, mean, he don't care. Yeah, he don't got to put care. a uniform on. He don't got to put a jersey on. Yeah, no, nah, so, he don't care yeah. about that. I mean, and the, and the players, they knew what they were doing. So for them to do that now, people are still talking about it. Oh, it's going to make for one hell of a game for oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Emotional game for sure. Mm-hmm. Defending Super Bowl champs don't take don't take kindly to that type of stuff. Nah. But we got to think before we head to, Ra- to the Raiders or get anywhere close to that Raider matchup, we got the Jets coming in town. Yeah. Chiefs versus Jets. Chiefs, last time they were on the home turf, they lost to the Raiders. They redeemed themselves as far as perception nationally but these last two wins, but now they get to redeem themselves on their home field. Yeah, and, and I mean, against a team that's continuing to struggle week in, week out um, in the Jets, I think this is going to be another one of those uh, games where they're just going to come in, they're going to do a couple things here and there and basically run through this team now. I mean, I could be wrong. You know, the Jets could come in. They could play well. They could play hard. They can, they can, they can play the Chiefs up until up into the wall and and uh, up until the last second of the game. But I don't think that it's going to be that type of game. They seem really dysfunctional over there. It's a it's a it's a bit of a disconnect between the coaches um, and the players and the and the sta- uh, the upper level staff members. So, um, it I think. It's a good it's a good team to play. I mean, because you just basically create more mayhem mayhem in their building, and at the end of the day, you get a chance to go back in your in your space, drink water, drink Gatorade, and just enjoy yourselves um, as a Chiefs player. So yeah, they they're just gonna come in. They're gonna dominate. Well, you sure. know, I, I got a bunch of fantasy stats and everything, so I, I would say, <laughs> don't be that guy, Barbershop. <laughs> now you gotta you got you definitely got to bench uh, Crowder. You got to bench uh, Gore. Bench Sam Donald. <laughs> bench every- hey, bench uh, everybody keep- that's associated with who do the Jets. You, okay, how about who do you have to activate? How about, uh, oh, did nobody. Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just, I was trying to. I was trying to. You know, if you got if you got Brashad Perryman, Perryman, uh, he he's he he can he can be a flex guy kind of if if you if you really struggling <laughs> to find somebody to play, uh, the ball got to go somewhere. And Crowder and Gore both questionable for the game. I mean, I don't know who they're gonna line up on offense. Um, and try to try to do anything with uh, uh, P. Ryan is I think one of the backup running. I mean, yeah, I mean they had Le'Veon, <laughs> but now we got Le'Veon, so it's they it's, have Freeman McNeil too back uh, in nineteen eighty. We, we we took their best weapon, and now we got it and gonna unleash them him against them. So, I mean, uh, and, and they've been trying to trade away some of their best assets on defense. And Williams been in trade allegations, trade talks, rumors. Uh, Quentin Williams, one of their you know recent first round pick for him, so it just doesn't look like that. Yeah, organizational wise, everybody's saying they're they're trying to get uh, Lawrence, mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence. They're they're trying to position themselves. Uh, but like I said, man, defensively, I think Greg Williams he doesn't seem to be the type of 
coordinator I know this is 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 gonna lay down. He's not gonna lay down his opportunity to get after quarterback, his opportunity to blitz, bring the pressure, challenge you every snap. Um, and that's the the ball game you got to be ready for if you're the Chiefs offense. Yeah, I look at this game as an opportunity to show how dominant we are mm-hmm. when you're playing against a team that you're supposed to beat. And I go back to the coaching I had, Marty Schottenheimer. You win at home, you win in your division, and you beat who you're supposed to beat. So they can obviously accomplish two of those three things this week, redemption on their home field and beating a team that, quite honestly, nobody feels like they should be uh, having even a chance. But yeah. there's only been three teams that have gone winless in the NFL since the merger of full season. The Browns, the Lions, and the Bucks. There's a reason why there's only been three, because on any given Sunday, anything can happen. That's true. So can't overlook this team. It's still an NFL team. There's still guys that get them paid over there, yeah. and they know, or at least the ones that are true pros know, that they may not be, they may not come out victorious, but what's on film might get them another job yeah, in the true. coming years. So that's the reality of the NFL is that you're always on stage for 31 other teams, true. no matter how good or bad your team is, especially with how the incre- how we've seen the increase of trades and uh, in the NFL in recent years. So can't overlook them. Uh, the one thing I will say, and I'll talk about this on the pregame show as well, there's a difference between playing not to lose and playing to win. Yep. And I think Andy Reid is one of the greatest coaches to ever take the field at preparing his team to win. But I always get concerned when you play against a team that's significantly worse than you, yeah. that you start getting into conservative mode later in the games and you're trying to protect the win mm-hmm. as opposed to keeping your foot on the gas pedal and pushing them out of the stadium. So, uh, And I also think on a bad team like that, Sam Darnold, with all the, the weapons that Barbershop you mentioned that are going to be questionable or out of the game or not, not significant, make them put together 12 to 15 play drives because mm-hmm. normally bad teams can't do that. If you give them an opportunity like the Raiders where you take – top off a defense and give them a couple of big plays, make their drive short, they'll, they're professional athletes. They'll be successful. But if you make them consistently go 12 to 15 or 16 play drives to put points on the board, more times than not, they will fail. So those are, to me, the, the ways that the Chiefs come out of this game, hopefully unscathed uh, and no injuries. But do not overlook this team. They're ninth in turnover ratio, taking the ball away from teams 10 times and they're fifth in the defense in red zone touchdowns. So, like Barbershop, I think you mentioned it earlier at the onset of the show, they get tougher as you get closer to their goal line. So, definitely another professional team will be lined up across the field from us, and we got to step up and be the champions that we are. But I think it's definitely a winnable game, and Vegas has it at like 19 or 20 points, I think, spread, which is one of the largest (laughs) in Mm. NFL history, (laughs) I think. So, uh, you know, those guys don't big those big shiny buildings because they're wrong too much. So definitely a winnable game. Yeah. But, guys, I appreciate it. I think we appreciate Kevin Lockett joining us for the show, giving us some, some insight. We appreciate the text line. Got a lot of love today from a lot of listeners, and we appreciate that from the 816. Uh, they love us, Lake Irving. Uh, and we got some questions that we may tackle next week. So if you jump in with us next week, you'll hear some some personal personal side 
uh, of the game from our perspective and things we're doing on and off the field as well. So definitely jump on with us next week. Again, players only. Joe Mays, Barbershop, and I'm Danon Hughes. We appreciate you. Go Chiefs. This is Players Only with Danon Hughes and Joe Mays on 610 Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.